This is KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. This is DJ Ramsey with the show Herbology, and it is my pleasure today to welcome to the studio a woman who wears multiple hats. She's a journalist, a producer. She has an expertise in specifically storytelling and designing and redesigning experiences. I have in the studio with me none other than Maryam Saman. Maryam, I want to welcome you in Arabic. studio. Thank you. That beautiful voice and that beautiful Lebanese accent belongs to Maryam Saman, who is actually here at Stanford as part of the Knight Fellowship. How does it feel to be a Knight Fellow here at Stanford? How has your experience been? Uh, being a Knight Fellow is a very special uh, status to have on campus. I was a Knight Fellow during the year 2012-2013, so I am now visiting um, as an alumni Knight Fellow, which is an even greater experience. Um, being a Knight Fellow is being part of a group of 20 journalists, international journalists, who spend the year on campus to uh, think of challenges facing uh, journalism in media in general. Uh, so it has been a pleasure and an honor to meet uh, my fellow fellows, spend time with them and just build incredible professional and human connections. Are you the first Arab woman to receive a Knight Fellowship here at Stanford? <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> wow, wow. You are a welcome addition, I'm sure, to the Knight Fellowship program here. Are there any other journalists from the region who are uh, currently uh, Knight Fellows? Not this year, for for what I know, um, I know that there was um, Egyptian journalist at some point, but not a lot from the region yet. No woman yet, but hopefully, and I really hope, and I'm trying to advocate for that, uh, having more journalists from our part of the world participate in that great program. Inshallah, as we say. Maryam, I introduce you as a woman who wears multiple hats because it's really quite difficult to define you or pigeonhole you into one certain <laughs> profession. Certainly, we should tell the uh, listeners that you have over 10 years experience in print, including news and magazines and etc. But you've also had experience uh, in radio, live and otherwise. You've had uh, extensive uh, experience as TV producer, as executive producer uh, specifically. Uh, all of this was in Lebanon. Uh, yes, I built my whole journalistic career in Lebanon. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I worked for L'Orient Le Jour, which is um, the main and only French newspaper in the Arab world. Mm. I also worked uh, for Radio Liban mm -hmm. uh, as a radio journalist. Uh, I also traveled the world extensively while I was an, the, executive, the executive producer of a TV show called um, A Different Talk, mm. which was hosting uh, successful, and Ara successful Arab achievers from around the world. So I got to listen and learn from these exceptional people. And it was agreed, really an inspiring um, moment in, in my life and I seek now to uh, help people tell their stories help people tell their inspiring stories and also listen to other inspiring stories all around so this is why I specialized in in storytelling mm -hmm. in order to really understand how why and when can you spot an incredible story, how to craft it, and then how to communicate it to the larger number of 
people possible. Absolutely. So hadith on akhar or a different talk. Do you feel that that show led you to uh, become more and more curious about the whole idea of experiencing news and stories in a different way? Uh, so working in news stories is quite different than working with people's stories. So I just discovered um, while listening to these um, Arab achievers that I actually love people's stories. I love listening to their stories, understanding where they come from, where they're going, how do they think about success, uh, how do they make it happen, etc. So uh, I got very much interested in this um, long form of storytelling. And uh, yes, in a big way, I think that human stories are what connect us to each other and to the world. And building this human connection uh, can be done in many different ways. We've been doing it um, until now through radio, through TV, uh, through printed stories. But now with technology, there is a whole new world of uh, experiences that we can create that can connect people through stories in many different ways. Um, I worked on such, a, on such a project while at Stanford. It's called, um, I created a concept that is called immersive journalism. And it's uh, about immers immersive stories. Mm -hmm. Designing experiences, inspiring stories. Um, you know, what, what do those terms really mean to the average, you know, uh, a listener out there? So, um, Inspiring stories are actually stories that will inspire you to make a change. Listening to people who went through hard times, good times, success, failures, etc. is a way of understanding that you can also make it too. Mm. And this is what I call stories for change. When you understand a story And especially when you understand the people behind the story, mm -hmm. what is their story, it might inspire you to do the same and mm -hmm. to initiate change in wow. your life and in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Something that leads me, that, that provides me with a good segue to talk about your appearance at Bing. You were here in 2013 where you gave it one of those unforgettable talks, which is actually available on the Internet now. What was the talk about and what was the response to the talk at the time? I gave a talk about a, a concept I've been working on during my fellowship here. It's called immersive journalism. The point of uh, this concept is to immerse people in a story beyond them being in front of a screen or reading about it or just listening about it. The point is to make them feel what the people who were in the story felt at that point in time. How can we do this? We can do this by going back to the roots of what makes an unforgettable story. What makes an unforgettable story is when it touches your heart. It goes back to touching your emotions. And the way to touch your emotions is by experiencing a story with your five senses. So experiencing it by watching, of course, by listening, but also by smelling, by touching, and by being able to be in the shoes of whoever is in that story. I, what I actually did is that I um, hacked technologies that mm. are being developed in 
um, domains that are very different, very different from journalism. But by doing that, I try to imagine what could journalism become in the future. There are technologies that are being developed for sensory technologies that are being developed. There are touch technologies that are also being developed. Uh, there's the whole world of, of virtual reality mm-hmm. that is also now uh, expanding. So what if these technologies at some point converged and intersected? Mm. What would happen if we actually use them to tell a story? When these uh, technologies will converge, then this will happen. We would be able to create a totally immersive story by using five, the five senses wow. to tell a story. Well, it's, um, it's experimental. We still need to understand how this might happen and how people are going to react, uh, react to it. It involves a whole set of challenges, not only technological, but um, ethical challenges, uh, media challenges. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to be thinking about it. Mm. Mariam, let's uh, leave the listeners a little bit for a little break here with uh, an excerpt from your talk at Bing, in which you set up a certain scene and then something kind of jarring happens. I will come back right after to discuss. Okay. Mariam, is your family safe? Is your dad okay? Mariam? Mariam, why not? I wake up one morning to more than 50 messages like these. My heart stops. My hands are shaking. And my tears start falling. A massive car bomb exploded two minutes away from my family's house. I keep on sobbing long after knowing that my mom was not in the neighborhood that day. My friend did not go to yoga, and my favorite librarian had a late lunch. As journalists, we know that emotions are the essence, the drive of all successful storytelling. The power of emotions is timeless. And now, with virtual reality, multisensory technologies, holograms, it's about to become limitless. For media, this is a great opportunity to engage with audiences in a totally different way, to become curators of meaningful, immersive experiences, and to shift the offering from storytelling to story living. I spent my year at Stanford developing a model for story living. What story fascinates you? Imagine you could be totally physically immersed in it. What kind of insights would you like to have about it? Imagine you could be surrounded by experts. What characters horrifies you? Imagine you could simulate him, defend him maybe. Let me take you into my story. Are you ready? Close your eyes. Welcome to Ashrafiye, my beloved Beiruti neighborhood. It's lunchtime. Taxis are honking wildly, and school kids are pouring into the streets. Suddenly, your bones shudder. You feel the weight of rubbers raining on your back. You you choke on acrid smoke. Your hands are sticky from your own blood. You hear screams from people trapped under collapsed balconies. What happened? Why? Now it's time to dive deeper into the experience. Explore it in depth and in context. Mingle with journalists who were there. Expand your inquisitive mind with journalists 
challenge your beliefs in live discussions with residents. Immersive experiences can help us understand more deeply the world we live in. The mission of journalism today is more than ever to foster empathy, exploration and exchange. From storytelling to story living, one small change in word can start a huge change in perspective. Thank you. So that was an excerpt from um, a presentation you did right here at Bing in, at Stanford University in 2013, Mariam. I have to say that uh, listening to you sort of uh, set the scene, telling the listener and the audience to close their eyes as you take them on this trip in Ashrafiyeh. We heard children playing. We were at ease. And then you, I think, deliberately shook us um so it was deliberate because i actually um created that experience in order to immerse um the people who were at bing in my story it was deliberate in the sense that i wanted them to experience the value of sound alone so that could they could imagine what it could be if they have if they had all their five senses engaged. It was also del deliberate in the sense that I recreated these sounds from the real explosion that happened. Mm. I worked with an extremely talented sound designer uh, whose name is uh, Joao Herbeta, mm. a Brazilian sound designer who is exceptionally talented. And we worked together on recreating these uh, sounds uh, for my talk. So it was so it was pretty deliberate. How was it in the actual concert hall? <laughs> it was uh, at least 10 times more powerful wow. than what you just uh, that what you heard. Wow. And that was the point, right? It was leveraging the amazing uh, technology of Bing How? for my mm -hmm. project. So being at Bing was absolutely fantastic for me and for this project because it just gave a totally different dimension to uh, the sound, which was the only technological element that I actually could work with for this talk. Because, and, and you did that through your speech. And that's only using, what, two, three of our senses here? You project reporting and, and recreating stories and, and storytelling where you're using all five how close are we to that? We're not very, very far. Right? We, we are in Silicon Valley where yeah. everything can happen very quickly. Um, but the point was to use one of the senses to enhance an experience and then just let people imagine what it could be if they could actually touch any of the elements of the story. When you look back at your performance that day in 2013 how do you feel <laughs> it was an intense uh, emotional moment it was an important moment in my life as a journalist 
as a Knight Fellow and as a person. Uh, Mariam, I'd like to, uh, to turn to something else, and that's a project that you have been involved in in Beirut. In fact, it's something you're kind of introducing to Lebanese society, the idea of creating creative spaces. Am I correct in calling them that? Uh, so what I'm trying to do is to create a space that I would call a creative thinking space. Uh, the novelty is that I would like to introduce people to um, two creative ways of thinking differently. These two ways are storytelling, so how to tell stories differently and how to tell stories to make impact and make change. And the other one is uh, design thinking, so how to think differently by using a different approach, by using a human-centered approach mm. to solving problems, uh, thinking of challenges, uh, creating in a new things, uh, innovating. So these are uh, tools, frankly, that I got familiar with while I was here in Silicon Valley. I experienced uh, how effective they were uh, during my year here and back to Beirut. I've been using them in many different settings. So I thought it would be interesting to experiment with these tools and help people understand what they are, how they, could, how they could use them. And how has the response been so far? I know this is a project in the making, but so far, how has Lebanese society uh, responded to this idea of creating spaces for creative thinking? Creative spaces in general, we have, we have these in Beirut, but there are more... Uh, Mm, targeted toward creativity in the sense of artistic creativity. There is not, to my knowledge, anything about creative thinking, like mm. how to teach you to think differently, uh, a space where you can practice uh, thinking differently, where you can hear uh, about other people who think differently. So uh, for now, it's been going well. Um, mm. I think people like it, are interested in it. They are not very familiar with it, but I think, I hope, <laughs> we have some recently. positive results. Absolutely. And so when you go back to Beirut after your stay at Stanford, you intend to pick up with this project, to continue with this project. Yes, definitely. As well as another project that is uh, caught my attention, and that has to do with the homecoming experience mm. of Lebanese, mostly maybe students, who studied abroad and who returned to the home country, who returned to Lebanon, having acquired uh, experience and, uh, and having a story to tell from having lived in America. Um, what is this homecoming experience that you are broaching and discussing? This project actually stems from a very personal story. I went back to Beirut a year and a half ago and had some hard time readapting to, to the city that is home. I encountered many different challenges uh, relating uh, related to uh, cultural adapt uh, cultural readaptation, social readaptation, professional readaptation, and I started thinking of ways of making this uh, re-entry shock, what we call the re-entry shock, mm. easier 
uh, on people who are coming back and most importantly making it a positive experience for these people I see so this was part of a workshop yes so it's actually all of this is part of the think differently that uh, the think differently approach that I am trying to implement so how might we think differently of the homecoming experience I invited um, a group of uh, young women Hmm. to my house and all together we brainstormed the topic of homecoming Mm -hmm. from this uh, session on homecoming I realized that there was something interesting happening there because these women were absolutely thrilled uh, talking about the topic, exchanging stories, exchanging ideas, tips, etc. So I spotted an opportunity here, a need, and I decided to to dig further. Uh, and I started interviewing people, long, deep interviews about uh, their re-entry into the Lebanese society after having lived abroad for a while. I already have... <laughs> dozens of uh, interviews that I will be analyzing later on in order to uh, uncover insights and see what kind of solution could we uh, could we find in order to help these people have a successful uh, re-entry. It's a long project. My guest today is uh, Mariam Saman, a woman who, as you heard, wears multiple hats (laughs) indeed. A journalist, a producer with an expertise in storytelling and redesigning experiences. Mariam has been speaking about uh, those projects, about her views, her background, and specifically about her time here at Stanford as a night fellow where where can uh, people get more information about your work and uh, where can we keep uh, abreast of uh, new developments you can follow me on linkedin just look for my name mariam saman uh, very soon i'll will be also launching the website oh. for the new creative thinking space and i'll Great. definitely keep you posted about that please do mariam it has been a pleasure shukran i said uh, hello in arabic i will say goodbye in arabic shukran uh, al halwa nawarti the studio kthir anbasatna fiki shukran la wujudkum ma'ana al-yawm wa inshallah ghair marra bkhabirkum أكثر شو عم بيصير معي ببيروت